Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man or woman cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? All hail the dread Dormammu! <laughs> to listen to the show, find us on 4iradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. A piece of small business, then a bigger piece of business, and then we're going to get into it. So, we did have a Word Snappers entry last week it was a quick one i wonder if you caught it i didn't even catch it as it was happening and that was spiderlings by our patron eric you said that one derek and you were so quick about it yeah i didn't even realize yep spider-man and spider-woman the new name for that duo is spiderlings i guess spiderlings spiderling actually is a spider character at this point in the comics oh is it i don't i don't even know yeah yeah (laughs) you should read renew your vows i I have not i've heard it's good (laughs) i haven't read it but i've heard it's good i probably would like it i'll have to check it out it's my recommendation for everybody for this week okay renew your vows vows. okay cool if you'd like to play word snappers with us you can play it on our patreon it is a game we play where patrons submit words and we have to work them in no matter how weird or random they are sometimes they're one word sometimes they're phrases either way we got to work them in do that at our Patreon at any level. Yeah. Bigger bit of announcement and news. For the month of December, we are unlocking some of our favorite Patreon-exclusive episodes for everyone, including a brand new Spider Bite. So there's some stuff there for folks who are maybe deciding whether Patreon is for them or not. Something new also for folks who have been patrons. Here's what will be accessible to everybody in the month of December. Spider-Bite number one, which covers Spider-Man Life Story, the graphic novel. Spider-Bite six and seven, which are the first two parts of a incredibly well-researched series on the unmade Spider-Man fan films. Those two entries cover the 80s movies that never were and the James Cameron movie that never was that is a doozy, but affected a lot of stuff that came after it. The After Dark commentary number 11 on Kim Possible, one of our favorite After Dark commentaries, where we let loose, have a couple drinks, and watch a show that isn't Spider-Man related, and a new Spider-Bite covering the spectacular Spider-Man's future plans, which is out this month. Check out the pinned post on our Patreon and probably all over our Twitter to find links to the unlocked episodes. Oh, yeah, they're all good. And also, I need to do a real quick corrections corner here regarding Spider-Woman's first comics appearance. For some reason, I said that her first appearance was with The Thing. Don't know why I said that, because that's not true. That was her second appearance. She first appeared in Marvel Spotlight 32, which I even read. (laughs) So I just didn't want to get that wrong. want to show Jessica Drew the proper respect. 
If you didn't catch on based on the introduction to this, we are talking about Spider-Woman, the cartoon. The only Spider-Woman cartoon. Hopefully not forever, but for now, this is what we got, and it's a wild ride, and we've enjoyed it so far. If you would like to join us on this ride, watch along as we talk about this show, it is available on Disney+. Plus. Very easy to find. I love that it's there. I love that we're covering it, and I can't wait to talk about it this episode is something and i'm not totally sure how much we're gonna (laughs) say about it probably more than we think because that's usually the case um but it's something i can tell you (laughs) my my list of things to talk about is a lot shorter than than the first one so (laughs) yep yep This episode we are talking about is Spider-Woman. This is the 1979 show, season one, episode two. It is entitled Realm of Darkness. And here is the very quick and dirty synopsis per IMDb. The powerful demon Dormammu emerges on a Pacific island, hmm, threatening to enslave mankind. Yep. (laughs) That's it. That's the whole whole synopsis. And it's not wrong. Uh Uh-huh. That's what this episode is. (laughs) I know we all know Dormammu as the pronunciation. This was the first, uh, the first ever like animated iteration of Dormammu, and they so say it at least three different ways. They do most prominently Dormammu is how mm-hmm. it's most often said, but yeah, it is it is said many different ways. It's the first time he's ever been animated. Theoretically, no one's ever pr- said his name out loud. I mean, I'm sure in like the comics writers have at some point because they had to communicate, but. It wasn't, like, known. So it's yeah. forgivable that they would pronounce it differently. Less forgivable that everyone does it differently. But he's also, like, a demon from another dimension. So maybe no one would know how to pronounce it. Who yeah. knows? So the original air date for this episode was September 29th, 1979. It was written by the, written and directed by the same team. So written by Jeffrey Scott and directed by that whole long list of artists that I talked about last week. And that's it. All the same. <laughs> yeah. And that would be the case if I didn't split up the actors for the actors too. But I split them up so that we'd have a little bit to talk about here. Um, after this episode, I don't expect we're going to talk about actors pretty much ever again unless they throw us a curveball. But this time, instead of talking about the main trio, I'm going to talk about sort of a supporting duo and the narrator for this show. So the series narrator is Dick Tufeld. He's well-known as the voice of the robot in the original Lost in Space series, a role that he did reprise for the 1998 film adaptation, Mm -hmm. and a Simpsons episode entitled Mayored to the Mob the same year. I I think that's this episode that Mark Hamill guest stars in, too. Oh. If I'm remembering the right one. And he (laughs) says, use the forks, Homer. (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny, but I love that. It's actually really, it's actually a really, like, it's a... Obviously, it's like a hacky joke to do a, use the force joke from Mark Hamill, but I think it actually, it, in context but of the also, episode, actually, yeah, it, it in context, <laughs> it's actually used really well. I think if it's the yeah. episode I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> well, much of his voice work was as a narrator or an announcer. That's like a lot of what he did. He did that for portions of the magical world of Disney. Uh, the Julie Garland show, the Julie Andrews show, the Fantastic Four, Super Friends, Hysteria. Did you watch Hysteria? No. I fucking loved Hysteria. It was like a, uh, it was like a WB history comedy sketch show, kind of with the same energy that Animaniacs has. Okay. Historical. Interesting. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> and many, many other things he was an announcer for. It's also worth noting. 
that Tufeld was the narrator for Amazing Friends. I just don't think we've ever mentioned him. So if we haven't, we're mentioning him here. If we have, sorry for doing it twice. Sure. <laughs> also, they appeared in last week's episode, but we didn't talk about them a whole lot. And I just know that they will continue to appear. I don't know if they actually do in this episode at all. Detective Miller and Chief Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detective Miller is voiced by Larry Carroll. The vast majority of Carol's roles have been as television media, either as a newscaster, a TV interviewer, a weatherman, or similar. At least 30 of his 40-some acting credits fit that description, and that is because he was a news anchor as a full-time gig. Kind of like, uh, what's his name from uh, Parks and Rec? Is it Purd? Purd Hackley? Isn't he like a real newscaster who just like does newscaster gigs and like as an actor also i believe so yep <laughs> so this is like this is like the predecessor to that that's so, so interesting <laughs> yeah carol was a newscaster for various local los angeles news stations throughout the 70s 80s and 90s which is actually a big deal i kind of like looked into it and was like oh is this like sort of like a local news anchor um, but in los angeles that's actually that's actually pretty significant i guess i didn't realize that not being from there. So he also did a little bit of stuff on like national news networks. I think he was on NBC news, like primetime news for a few years or so. And then he worked in radio news after the turn of the millennium and anchored a weekly news series on YouTube for a few years during the 2010s. Other than, I mean, he's kept a pretty low profile lately. I think he's just more like a media consultant now. Like he did a bunch of these roles as TV folks, but I don't think it was ever a thing that he was like trying to pursue based on his credits and, and the very lack of public persona now. So what well, it yeah. makes it weird that they didn't choose him to do a news anchor for this. They're just like, you're a detective now. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this would have, this would have been pretty, well, I don't know. I guess not that early because he was a news news anchor in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he maybe he like wanted to get into it and, and then just wasn't into it as much as he thought. Or I have no idea. I don't know what inspires <laughs> inspires newscasters yeah. like him and Purred Happily or whatever that guy's actual name is to, to do this stuff. But I think and I think fun. I have a vague memory. I think, the, I think the newscaster voice actor from the 90s show was the same way. I think it was the... I think it's the same guy who's like a popular LA reporter or news anchor that's like played himself on like Arrested Development and stuff. Maybe like I, I don't remember. You know what exactly. though? I mean, if you're a newscaster in LA, you're working peripherally to all these people in production. Right. Not necessarily all the time, but like I guess it makes sense that it might end up happening. Like you would get approached to do that because yeah. it's literally what you do. That makes sense. There. Totally makes sense. <laughs> I never yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah, like, why not? I do think he appears in, in like, some movies, too. I think he's in, like, Rocky and some bigger stuff like that, but still as, like, a TV interviewer. And then Chief Cooper is played by Lou Krugman. Krugman made appearances on plenty of recognizable classic TV series, like The Adventures of Superman, The Lone Ranger, I Love Lucy, Shirley Temple's Storybook, Untouchables, Red Skelton, and dozens and dozens of other classic TV shows, but his enormous career largely played out on the radio. According to him, I think, this is one of those things I kept running into but couldn't necessarily verify with a source based on when he was active. 
he estimated that he appeared approximately 10,000 times on scripted radio dramas and provided voice work for approximately 700 radio commercials. How do you even keep track of, like, how do you even know that you've done 10,000 I have no idea. And so, like, I try, I mean, I tried to find, like, where that could have come from because I ran into it first. You know, just like on, I think, I don't know, it might even be on IMDb or something where you're just sort of like, okay, you didn't cite this. Um, but it's such an astronomical number that I like wanted to, you know what I mean? And yeah. the more and more I dug, the, the closest I could land on is like, that's his own estimate for this. But I think, I don't know, I don't know how you could prove the veracity of that, but I also do sort of understand why you can't because so much of what he did was on the radio and they, I think a lot of the casting worked like it does a little bit for the show where it's like, here is our cast. You do this, this, and this, you know what yeah. I mean? And like on to the next thing. And I think with, with radio dramas, like, is he counting specific episodes, characters? I have no idea. In mm-hmm. any case, massively prolific radio work. You can find like probably not everything he's done because that's a huge number, but you can find like huge lists of things he's done, um, large radio productions, when I when I looked up some stuff, like you could tell that there were some radio enthusiasts, like radio drama enthusiasts who were like, oh, man, this guy doesn't get nearly enough credit. Hmm. So significant guy, it seems like just in a sphere that I'm not familiar with. And I don't think a lot of people are with anymore. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, wow. I like him in this a lot. I thought he was really fun as Chief Cooper. So it makes makes sense. But yeah, I mean, damn, that's a lot. So right. <laughs> Um, it does seem like Spider-Woman was his last television credit, but I think he would have probably been in like his 60s at this point anyway. So Sure. You know, it makes sense. Yeah. And then we also are introduced to Dormammu. I do not know which member of the voice cast provided the voice for Dormammu, unfortunately. He's fine. He's like, fine. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a, it's not an amazing performance or anything. It's very basic anyway, so. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of this whole episode. I was looking yeah. forward to this one because I'd seen the, uh, I'd seen like kind of the opening clip of like you know a giant skull and pentagram. And be like, yeah, this is gonna be good. But I then know. it's like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I agree with that. That sort of like initial assessment here. So let's dive in. I suppose. Sure. Yeah. So the episode opens on uh, Grand Cayman Island with a number of robed figures. Traveling through a bog, chanting in unison, Dormammu, master of the night, Dormammu, energy of light, Dormammu, on earth will leave his mark, Dormammu, ruler of the dark. Notice how the pronunciation changed. I don't think it really did with them, <laughs> but that's kind of the experience of this episode. Mm-hmm. When the robe figures set a pentagram dug into the ground on fire around a massive skull... I don't know where they got the skull from. Is it Dormammu's skull? I don't, I don't know. I don't it's know. a giant skull. It's a giant skull. It's cool. I wouldn't be mad to like have that in my yard if I had a yard for Halloween or like year round. Well, and if it works like this, you could summon anything. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You could summon Dormammu. You could summon like demons or ghosts. You could summon blue eyes, white dragon. You could summon Digimon. You could summon anything. It's as easy as lighting the ground on fire. Dang, I'm mad that this doesn't exist. Hmm. Has anyone tried lighting the giant Home Depot skeleton skull on fire and seeing what happens? Do you think you would summon a fuller version of Dormammu if you had the whole skeleton? Huh. But just a smaller version of him? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. He He could have, like, skipped all of this and just had a body. 
Maybe. Yeah. I mean, this episode does not go into the mythology of Dormammu whatsoever. So who knows nope. what any of that means is a giant skull on a pentagram. That's cool. That's very cool. And it's on fire now. So it summons the face of Dormammu. And just if you like are if you ha if you didn't watch this and you're picturing Dormammu like as he appears in pretty much every other iteration and in the comics and even in the movies and stuff, doesn't look anything like that. He just looks like a like a mask that's on fire, I guess, in this case. He looks like what I remember the mask looking like from the Goosebumps episode that gave me nightmares about floating masks. Sure. Okay. I can <laughs> sort of see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's it not... looks cool only because of the anime. Like, if you like yeah. classic animation, it looks really cool. It's just not a very cool design. Yeah, because the, the thing is, like, there's the sort of, like, static green or whatever mask that, that exists. But the, the, the way that it's sort of animated is the fire behind it and sticking out of it almost like hair. It's animated in the way that where it's, like, it, it it's, like, clearly, like, literally painted yeah. flames. Like, you can see the lines of a paintbrush in the flames that are moving, which is really cool to see. Yeah. That's a really cool kind of practical effect, you know, that you're never going to see anymore because why would you ever do that? It's really cool to see that. And you see a lot of it and it's neat. Love it. Dig it. Great. Um, that's pretty much the only cool thing about Dormammu in this episode, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> he's, he's almost cool at the end. Almost. I think, almost. I think th yeah, I, 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 um, I think my problem with this episode is that there's a lot of superfluous stuff that they could have yep. mixed in favor of more of the creepy cultist Dormammu stuff yeah. that's way more fun and interesting. There's just yep. not enough of it. Yep, totally agree. So Dormammu delivers a message to his cultist followers sharing that he intends to expand his realm of darkness by stopping the moon during a solar eclipse, causing the island to become a permanent realm of darkness, which will allow him to travel to Earth and conquer the entire planet. When I first heard this plan, I was like, Dormammu does not understand how a solar eclipse works. This will not plunge the planet into darkness, but they don't actually try to do that. That's just what I thought they were doing. Um, it's more of a portal he's trying to create, which, okay, fine. <laughs> did you, I mean, did you have that problem or was that just me being like, that's not going to do anything, dude? <laughs> I honestly, I have to be honest with you. I watched this episode twice. In both cases, I zoned out a lot throughout this episode. <laughs> So uh, my well, answer that's to what you, his plan is. I thought his plan was to plunge the planet into darkness, but really he's just trying to create like a darkness portal because apparently he can only exist in the darkness, meaning literally just shadows. I yeah. don't know. That, I mean, that means the half of the planet is available for you, Dormammu. Every yeah. night you could come to life. Yeah, it's um. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind like him needing darkness and light being his weakness or whatever. Cause that makes him like actually beatable or whatever. Like that's fine. Sure. Yeah. This stuff, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's, that doesn't really make any sense. And <laughs> I honestly just was, my answer to you was that, no, I did not pay any attention to that or know anything <laughs> or think about it at all. I overthought it. You did not give it even a remote amount of energy, no. which was the correct way to go about it. I think <laughs> Yeah, it is fun to overthink this kind of show though, because yeah, you will go. It's it's the, you'll go the fun kind of insane with this show. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, after this, after we learn his plan, this is one of those one of those episodes of a TV show where we get the plan right off the bat. There's no like prolonged monologue at the end. I kind of like that sometimes. It's nice. It's just a matter of whether it'll play out. So 
we get that and then we cut to our regular characters here at justice magazine we said we would have a lot to talk about a certain thing this week we said that last week and here it is my first i just need to say that my very first note that i had for this entire episode is just the two words jeff sucks yes anyway (laughs) proceed proceed (laughs) so at justice magazine in a dark room as jeff makes an advance towards a visibly uncomfortable jessica who is his co-worker maybe boss maybe not not really sure but in any case co-worker at work billy interrupts i think thank god I do think we need to take a minute with this because here's the thing. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> this isn't this isn't a quick little little scene. This is the beginning of it. It's all about like Jeff developing this really great these really great photos that he's excited about. Like it'll be the best cover for Justice magazine that he's ever taken a photo of. And Jessica's just like, Oh, that's cool. I don't really understand why you invited me into the dark room to see you develop it. But I mean I mm-hmm. agree it's it's gonna be a really cool photo. And then he's like, Well, that's not the only reason that I invited you into the dark room. And like, <laughs> Here, we, we haven't gotten any context for like what's about to happen. And so as it starts, I'm like, okay, here we go. Like weird romance shit. I was not prepared for the type of weird that it is. Cause I yeah. kind of was like, oh, okay. So this is where we learn they're like romantically involved. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's, that's the thing about it. I mean, she is very visibly, visibly horrified by him, I don't remember like what what he says exactly, but but very much just like he's coming on to her like very clearly, and she's like verbally actually, and like, physically. He like moves toward her, and she like recoils. Yeah, she yes, that's that's what I was looking for. He, she's literally recoiling from him in disgust and fear. Yeah, <laughs> it's bizarre. It's utterly bizarre, but also like weirdly, probably the most realistic thing this episode does. Because, like... By far. Yeah. Because, like, she shows no interest in him. Their whole conversation is 100% professional. And then it's literally out of nowhere. It's just, like, I actually wanted you into this dark room to kind of trap you so we could make out, hopefully. Yeah. And it's, like, again, if if we'd been watching and they'd been flirting with each other for a while, it would be different. If Even if they did, like, a Sam and Diane kind of situation where it's just, like, they hate each other, but clearly they're in love. Like... There's still, like, some problematic stuff behind how the stuff is handled sometimes, but, like, I could at least see it. The thing is, in the one episode we've seen, in the beginning of this episode, she has shown absolutely zero interest in him in that way. Right. No romantic interest, not even a remotely flirty look, not even a, like, I hate him, but he's sexy kind of way. Like, she has shown zero interest in that. It's been strictly professional. Not a bit. The The least professional it's ever been is because Jeff is being shitty to her, so Jessica, like, is shitty to him back. So, yeah, all of this sucks. (laughs) Here's the thing. So, like, all of that sucks so much, and I was like, holy shit. I I stopped it, rewound, because I was like, was she, like, literally trying to get away from him? Answer, yes. Uh, Here's, like, it's, it sucks, but like you said, like, one of the things that's kind of cool about it is it's, like, realistic. So it's, like, literally depicting, like, a realistic scenario where, like, this guy has no boundaries and is, like, taking advantage of a situation at work, which I think can be valuable to show. One thing complicates it, and I'm so annoyed, and I think it can be explained. I just don't think it is explained. Sure. So Billy interrupts them, right? Like, he walks into the room. He fucks up the photo, but also, luckily, 
interrupts Jeff's advance that Jessica's not into. But then Jessica is sort of like, she does like a, oh, thank goodness. And then like giggles about it, which could, which could just be sort of like an uncomfortable giggle. Like, oh, thank God. Like, oh, that was awkward. I giggle when I'm uncomfortable sometimes, right? Like I laugh uncomfortably. So it could be that. I just wish they hadn't included it at all because I feel like it's the one thing that sort of like makes me worry. Having not seen anything else yet makes me worried that this could, hoping it won't, could end up being one of those situations where it's like, oh, (laughs) Jeff's such a dog. Don't do it. Don't do it, Spider-Woman. I don't have do it. I don't have faith in this show that they're going to have like a new nuanced portrayal of workplace harassment. I, I have a feeling that's what it's going to be. I think at best, though, it is possible that like we're just never going to see her reciprocate it because the show didn't go on long enough for that to ever come up. I'm hoping that's what happens because then you can easily head candidate is like, yeah, based on evidence, she had no interest in him. And it was always just him being shitty and coming on to her. Yeah. Because, yeah, based on these two episodes, she never reciprocates it at all. And then and the very clear way that she's drawn in this episode, which is a very specific way that they draw her, is recoiled in disgust when he's coming on to her. And I, and yeah. I think that that's telling. So. Yeah. I just hope it never goes there because we even get a little bit of that with the amazing friends sometimes where it's like, isn't the fact that Peter and Bobby are making like weird comments towards Angelica, like fun and weird and cute. And it's like, not really, (laughs) but I think the show (laughs) thinks it is. Yep. Yep. It's like, aren't they dogs? Aren't they just horny teenage boys? Like, (laughs) you don't have to do that. (laughs) Nope. I hope it's exactly what you're saying, which is like, what, regardless of the plans, this show just went on not long enough for them to fully explore it. And so he he will always just be creepy, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. I also hate, 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 hate the line, but also kind of love the line when Jeff is complaining like, oh, no, you exposed all my photos. And Jessica says, and that's not all he's exposed. That's when she giggles. <laughs> that's when she giggles. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it because I couldn't remember. And it's also it makes things so much worse depending on how you interpret it. <laughs> but but I think I think you could also interpret it as because that's not all he's exposed. It's more like she could be referring to Billy exposing Jeff for being like shitty by walking in on. Them. I think that's what it's supposed to be. And I'm and I'm OK with that a little bit because it's sort of like I think you could also take it as like Jessica is a superhuman super powered person. So if Jeff was coming on to her, it's as awful as it would be, she could fight him off very easily. hundred percent. So so I think that it's sort of like when she's out, when, when Billy has walked in on it and she doesn't, and she's able to be out, get out of the situation without having to take any action whatsoever. It's that little bit of like fun relief where it's just sort of like, thank God, not only do I not have to deal with this shitty person. Also, he looks like an idiot because this kid (laughs) walked in on this happening and fucked up his picture. So it's all great. Je- Jeff got his comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, ultimately, ultimately, Jeff is not made to look good here. And no, of course not. I love to see it. Ever. Yeah, it's good. I like that the show doesn't seem to like Jeff very much. So that's fine. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <sighs> Jeff, 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 Jeff sucks. Okay. So <laughs> Billy, Billy interrupts for a purpose. I mean, for our relief, thank God, but also to share information about a satellite telescope that is launching from Grand Cayman Island, imagine that, to witness the solar eclipse from close up. 
Jeff, ever the asshole, dismisses the story as old hat. But Jessica's spider sense shows her a vision of Dormammu telling the cultists to conquer Grand Cayman Island. And so she's like, yeah, maybe we should cover that. Great. We're yep. all ending up in the same place. Now, I have a question because I don't, I, don't I don't think there's ever going to be a good place to bring this up. Okay. And I wouldn't ask you this if I knew the answer, but I didn't know the answer. <laughs> and it came up a little bit in the, uh, the very brief synopsis. Mm-hmm. If I asked you to find the Cayman Islands on a map, could oh, you do know. it? No, not at all. Absolutely Me not. Me neither. I Me know neither. the Cayman Islands based on rich people having Cayman accounts. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Yeah, like people, I, the, because the laws are different on the Cayman Islands, I think. So oh. like, that's a way that, that like a lot of, that people will kind of illegally like launder money, I guess, by opening Cayman, like Cayman accounts. And so like if they're ever caught laundering money or if they're ever caught doing any kind of legal practices or, or, you know, if they're caught for like tax fraud or something like that, that money is safe because it's, it's in a Cayman account. Interesting. Okay. Well, I learned something today. Well, I learned two things today because the reason I brought this up, I'm glad that I looked this up before I saw the synopsis because the Cayman islands are between Cuba and Honduras. Oh, they're not far from the United States at all. Okay. I would have assumed they were in the Pacific Ocean, like the synopsis claimed, but they're huh. not. <laughs> oh, that's so, fascinating. I had no idea. Yeah. I don't okay. know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. And I, I wasn't even sure if I was going to bring it up, except for the fact that it came up in the, in the, the synopsis. synopsis. Um, so and funny. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's where they are. It's also really tiny. Very cute little island. <laughs> cool. Oh, here's another fascinating fact. Okay. Now that we're on Ca- Cayman Island Facts. This blew my mind because I went into a rabbit hole. Apparently, there's not that much interesting to talk about this episode. Y'all can bear with me. Um, (laughs) Apparently, there is zero archaeological evidence to suggest that there was ever an indigenous population of the Cayman Islands. Oh. So when people showed up, they legitimately were the first people to show up. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I mean, I'm so used to, like, colonialism that, yeah. like, that just doesn't seem possible. Yeah. It's like, you founded, like, any area without, like, genocide? Wow. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, like, it still ended up under the colonial control of, of, of you know, England, but they actually didn't, like, slaughter a population to do it. Yeah, that's actually Weird. pretty revolutionary, honestly. Right? I'm, I just I'm assumed kind of that impressed. wasn't possible. Anyway, okay, let's talk about this episode. <laughs> My bad, sorry. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could keep talking about the Cayman Islands. You want to know how big it is? <laughs> how big is it? It's only 22 miles from one end to the other. Okay, that actually is really interesting to yeah. me. Because <laughs> I have a hard time fathoming areas of land that yeah. size. It would be like driving from one side of the highway around your city to the other. Okay. It's tiny. That's so funny. Let's, we're gonna <laughs> go, are we going to the Cayman Islands? Is that what I'm hearing? Is that, is that the plan? I think so. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah, so the told trio, do they even explain why Billy's going with them this time, or he's just tagging along? I don't remember. I don't know if they explain it, but they do mention multiple times in the episode that he's really excited to see the eclipse. Okay, And so I think based go. on the way that they, like, eclipses work, by my understanding, he probably couldn't just watch it from New York. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it probably is better to better to go somewhere. It's probably, yeah, that, I mean, that, that is how eclipses work. They're, it's definitely easier Not the same to everywhere. see in, in some areas, yeah. Okay, that explains that. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. But yeah, so, you know, they set off in their Justice Jet Copter for Grand Cayman. And at the launch center, the rocket carrying the satellite launches. And as it travels, Dormammu just 
appears to the launch crew like the 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 you know the fiery floating head just shows up there i'm gonna ask none of them but i have so many questions <laughs> right uh, it's like yeah i'm just gonna take over this rocket you all mm-hmm. and they're just like that's weird but okay Tomamu blasts the doors off of the building, which allows the cultists to enter. And, like, there's one guy, one of the, you know, rocket, I don't know what their jobs are called, but, like, one of the people that's in the rocket control center that's talking on the microphones and stuff. Those those people, you know. Um, yeah. But he's like, he's like, stop, this area is restricted. Like, there's a giant floating demon head in, in the <laughs> building right now. I don't know if that's the appropriate reaction. But yeah, you can't think, break in here. We're trying to deal with this f- giant flaming head. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, the people that are coming into this restricted area, you know, against the rules, unfortunately, are the cultists, the the robed cultists. And they have like these little balls that they're holding that have mind control gas in them. So it's like this green gas. As soon as everyone inhales it, like their eyes turn white and they're just like zombies, basically, and are going to do anything that Dormammu says. And this this is going to come up a few times in the episode. But with the entire crew under his control, Dormammu instructs them to fly the rocket at the moon, which will stop its orbit. Okay. That's how physics works. Duh. <laughs> I, I'm so willing to give this show so much leeway, but this plot is so stupid. <laughs> Every No, that's the thing is that like I will take... I will take, like, a couple of dumb things to make your ridiculous plot work. I think the problem with this episode, one of many, I've said that, like, three times, one of many problems with this episode (laughs) is that the ridiculous stuff is, like, in every, like, every aspect of it is is ridiculous. Like, every aspect of it is nonsensical. And it's, like, I think we are trained to expect nonsensical stuff with this era of animation. Like, that's fine. So it's significant that we feel like it's nonsensical instead of just knowing it's nonsensical. Yeah, I think the the problem is that, like, from minute one, none of this makes any sense. And it's sort of like, I think the problem is that, like, it's weird to explain. I'm having, I have a hard time really articulating it because it's not, because, like, the stakes in these cartoons don't really matter because obviously they're, following a very particular status quo and very particular tropes and everything because, you know, the world's not going to be destroyed at the end. You know that. So, like, even when the stakes are high, like, it's not like the tension is there. Like, it might be for a later series where it's unafraid to mess with the status quo. But at the same time, like, the stakes still do matter for your, like, excitement and engagement with the story. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, when the stakes are never present, when nothing makes any goddamn sense anyway, so, like, anything can happen at any point to solve any problem, and the problem that's to be solved didn't make sense in the first place, like, it makes it really hard to, like, be engaged with the episode at all. And so, like, I think for me, that's why I was just kind of zoning out in and out of it the whole time, because it's sort of like, I mean, I don't know what's going on, but okay. Like, if if you have no idea what's going on at any point, why does any of it matter and why are you going to be invested in it? Yeah. Even if it's dumb. <laughs> you know? It's weird because they do things that are stupid that they don't even need to do. Like for me, that's that's the thing where it's like, if you're going to do something stupid, make it fun, make it necessary, make it matter, give it stakes. But like no stakes, doesn't matter, makes no sense, isn't fun. Like, yeah. what are we working with here? You know, yeah. you have cultists, you have Dormammu, you no. have supernatural shit. You you already have astrological shit going on. Like work with it. You know? They didn't need any of any of this rocket bullshit. They could have just done some magic spell thing that made the moon stop and then Um Also, know? remember when we talked about Frump? That had to do with like weird astrological shit. They didn't overcomplicate that, and that was an absolute nonsense shit show. And yeah. we loved it. 
<laughs> yeah, this is like the annoying this is the annoying kind of nonsense because it's less like trying to be surreal nonsense and it's more like nonsense because everyone was asleep at the wheel <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> you know what it is? It's taking something that could just be surreal and trying to make sense of it instead of like last week's episode where they had something that made sense sort of, but just went and made it surreal, which kind of like made it fun in that direction. Yeah, like, I guess it makes if sense. If you're going to make yeah. something more surreal, that's kind of fun. If you're going to try to like rein the surreal in, that's not fun. That's like you're taking away what makes it fun. Yeah, I agree. One thing, one thing I will say real quick though, I do kind of, Again, one of those like bars in hell kind of things, but I do appreciate sure. that there's some diversity in everyone who's working yeah. with the rocket. Um, staff. That genuinely surprised me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's like there are women. There are there's like a, at least one black woman and, and a black man who like the, the actually the guy who's like this is a restricted area who's clearly someone who is in charge is a black man. Yeah, so, he's like, most heavily featured from the crew. Right, like that's cool. I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. I would hope so, because here's a fun fact for you. Only 20% of the Cayman Island population is all white. Well, that's a great fact. I, yeah, I'm <laughs> I would be, I would be, I, I would not be shocked if only white people appeared in this episode. But hey, they surprised us. Again, the bar is in hell, so. If you all wanted to know what I was doing, instead of writing the recap for this, it was looking up facts about Cayman Island. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. All right, so where are we at? The rocket's flying at the moon. Dormammu's head is floating in the launch center. Nothing's catching on fire, so I don't even know if he's really there, if it's a vision, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's gas. That's right, you mentioned the gas. So everybody's mind-controlled, right? Yeah. So Billy and Jeff, being just normal humans, succumb to Dormammu's mind-control gas. Jessica, having shallow spider breath, which we've actually sort of... We have. We've sort of theorized existed in some way, shape, or form. poison gas and knockout gas has showed up many times in many Spider-Man shows, and he's usually able to, if not, like, totally counteract it, at least, like, it affects him. It takes a longer time to affect him, so. It takes a longer time to affect him, and we often see him underwater longer than a normal human would be able to be underwater. Yeah. So this actually makes sense. It's my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if that's true, but it might be. So... She she does not fall under the mind control gas. It does not affect her, or at least doesn't affect her very quickly. So she is able to use this time to change into Spider-Woman. She glides up into the rafters of the launch center. Actually, this is my favorite part. She glides up into the rafters of the launch center, and she uses her webbing to remove the source of the mind control gas, which, like you said, is sort of in this, like, ball thing. If you ever went to a Catholic church and saw them use incense, it looks exactly like one of those things. Mm, okay literally just ripped out of out of a church basically but here's what's cool she goes like full stealth takedown mode which feels incredibly relevant right now because we just played the miles morales game like a few weeks ago and she's Mm -hmm. basically doing exactly what you do in that game by like hiding on the rafters and like pulling people up to the rafters with her webbing i love it so that is so true yeah i didn't (laughs) even think about that that's so funny (laughs) it's literally what she's doing and the only reason she gets caught is because dormammu's there and he's sort of like all seeing ish kind of right so dormammu notices her doing this and he sort of lets the cultists know like hey hello spider woman's here can you please do something about this and so they try but she has her venom blast and we've seen this work this way before she blasts three of the cultists she manages to paralyze them and this sort of throws a massive wrench in Dormammu's plan. I was not expecting this. 
Dormammu basically says, oh, no, you've defeated me. I'm going to leave and bring all of my cultists with me. And he does. I mean, he says, like, I'll get you. No one survives defying me. But you've won this time, Spider-Woman. When when she was doing all the stealth takedown stuff, I was so I was confused because I I thought I missed something because I was like, wait, I thought there was like a whole bunch of cultists and the giant flaming Dormammu head there. But she's like only dealing with like she was only dealing with like one of them and dealing with them very easily. And I was just like, where do they all go? And then they all show up and they have her cornered. But then like it doesn't matter. Like it's just really I don't know, like the space of this episode the way that the action is is handled, like the kind of geography of it, like doesn't really make any sense. Like none of this makes sense. I love her stealth takedowns, but like it still doesn't make sense in the context of anything that's happening at all. Yeah, the geography of it doesn't make sense, but it also undercuts its own stakes by having Dormammu literally say, "Like you won, Spider Woman, by simply yeah. stopping my cultists." I'm going to run scared now. Like he talks a big game while he does it, but it is very weird that the, the sort of big, huge demonic bad that we're supposed to be afraid of just retreats and spoiler alert. He uses the exact same plan a second time they hit repeat and they just loop the first half of this episode all over again with some extra flair. (laughs) They just, they tell the same story twice in the same episode. I don't get it. That's such a good point. Yeah, it's like they really were pat, kind of padding for time. And they could have easily just had him be like, okay, I've done my thing. Peace out. Back to my dark dimension. And that's when Spider-Woman like takes out all the cultists and stuff. And then he realizes from his dark dimension, like, oh, shit, this didn't go well. You know, like. The I guess fact- I'll have to do it myself. You know, right, classic right. villain moment. But the fact that he just like watches all of this happen, does nothing. And then is like, hmm. Well, bye. Like- <laughs> right. Only to do the same thing again. Because it's like, okay, if the plan were going to change, maybe they could have salvaged the fact that they kind of tell this in two parts, right? Because then you yeah. could sort of tell a, I underestimated the hero. I wasn't prepared for this villain ego thing. Now I'm going to go like totally bonkers with this shit. But they don't do that. They just kind of do the same. He just sort of like backs off and then steps back into the frame. It's really weird. Very weird. So he leaves. Right. He leaves and says, like, I'll get you. And that's sort of it for the time being with Dormammu, at least for this moment. What's really bizarre is the gas clears out. Everyone wakes up from their mind controlled state. And this is where I started to get suspicious of this episode. Everyone forgot what just happened. No (laughs) one remembered what just happened. They were like, whoa, what just happened, everybody? Spider-Woman's the only one who knows what just happened. That is not a good sign for me as a viewer. Because I started to wonder if they were just going to do the same thing all over again. And I was right. So Jeff and Billy are like, oh my gosh, that was weird. What happened? Where's Jessica? And Jessica, you know, basically having a control of the situation all the time, is pretending to be passed out in like a corner. And everybody's just sort of like, that was weird. I guess everything's fine now. But Jessica, (laughs) you seem like you're tired. Let's go back to the hotel so you can rest. Sure. Okay. reaction to a mass passing out of... A very important Ooh. rocket launch center. Cool. Um, they, they, no one remembers what just happened to the rocket you just launched. Okay. Yeah. Lot. Okay. I mean, there's a few. There's a few problems. I will grant you that. <laughs> <laughs> I also hate the fact this is like a couple scenes from now, but I hate the fact that they're arguing like there's no story. There's probably no story here at all. It's like everybody passed out and no one remembers what happened. 
the story is trying to unravel that mystery. Like, just because you don't remember doesn't mean that there's no story. The fact that you don't remember is the story, and that is weird, and you should figure out what happened. Right. Well, it's, I mean, they are, they, being the writers, are, I think, trying to be like, well, Jessica was only there because there was evil, and she thinks she beat the evil, so she doesn't think there's a story. What they're not accounting for is the fact that they just put reporters in a location where a supernatural event just happened. They probably would care. <laughs> like, yep. So even though Jessica wasn't there for the story to begin with, now there's a story. <laughs> right. Lord. <sighs> Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our spectacular enough patrons, Katie, Joe, Mike, Flux, Eric, Carl, and Lillian. If you would like to join our Patreon, we have a ton of great bonus content waiting for you. We have our Spider Bites, where we talk about pretty much whatever we want in the Spider-Man universe, such as comics, like the current Miles Morales series, and classics like Kraven's Last Hunt. Sometimes we do deep dives into Spider-Man stuff, like our miniseries on the unmade Spider-Man movies. Or we spin off into other topics, like the Blade movies or the Firestar comics. Sometimes we'll do some bonus content just because we happen to have it, like Peaks Behind the Curtain or how we make certain episodes. And if you join us at the $5 Spectacular level, you also get access to our After Dark commentaries, where we let loose and talk about shows that aren't Spider-Man related without a filter. Shows like Gargoyles, Batman Beyond, Muppet Babies, and more. Ultimately, these are the types of things that we're going to talk about anyway, so recording it and making it available on Patreon is our way of saying thank you so much for supporting this show and letting us do the types of things we really want to do. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate that too. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. Okay. So... Back at the site of Dormammu's summoning, he shares that he understands Spider-Man's weaknesses suddenly. And I'm like, oh, that's okay, cool. All right, so we're going to build this up a little bit. He's seen what she can do. Maybe he's going to, like, plan accordingly. No, he just decides that her weakness is Jeff. So he tells his cultists to go get Jeff. That doesn't even make sense because, like, (laughs) she she didn't interact. He didn't see Spider-Woman interact with Jeff. And also, 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 I'm sorry. Again, we are nitpicking the shit out of this episode, but it's because none of it at any level makes any sense. He also, Dormammu also goes into Jessica's dreams to talk to her, which means that, like, if he can enter her brain, shouldn't he know that Jessica is Spider-Woman? Like, is that why? But then why wouldn't he, like, kidnap, I don't know, Billy, like, the child that... Like, I don't know. There's Or threaten I, I, her identity. Right. Like any of any that other stuff. villain. You know what the biggest problem with this episode is? It's just Dormammu. They they have no idea what Dormammu is supposed to be or do. Yeah. That's the big problem. Yeah. No, that's so true. Because it's just sort of like, <laughs> yeah. I would I would buy if they kind of limited his his powers because he's trapped in his other dimension and sure. has to have, you know, whatever. Like, I would buy that. And so, like, maybe he can't. So, like, then you eliminate. I don't know. I mean... You have the cultists there kidnapping Jeff. Have someone remain to well wait. I no, I don't know. No, no, no. This whole episode, this whole episode. There's plenty and of things that they could We don't like done. to rewrite episodes like at their core. Yeah. But this whole episode, all it needed to be was the stakes are that Dormammu could return to the surface of the planet 
if that happens, we're all fucked. So he's there. He's a looming specter. He's limited in his powers. He might be able to communicate with people, but he can't necessarily affect things. So the main corporeal force that they're fighting against is the cultists trying to set up his return. They could have also just had Dormammu's cultists kidnap Jeff while he was passed out at the rocket center and save it for later rather than go through all this bullshit where it's just like the true weakness of Spider-Woman. It could have just been like, okay, well, we're going to take a hostage Spider-Woman while you're kind of taking out my people. So we're going to grab this guy and then use him to lure you later or something like that. And then that way there's also not this weird lull where Spider-Woman's just like, guess I'll go home. Like the stakes are always high or something like that. I don't know. There's just multiple ways you could have done this. It's weird. And this doesn't make any sense. Numerous ways you could have done this. Here's what they did instead. (laughs) So they go back to the hotel. The trio agree now that, you know, Dormammu is gone, that they're still going to meet back at Mission Control the next morning. Because without Dormammu, they can just sort of like enjoy the eclipse. And like we said, Jessica's like, well, I guess there's not really much of a story here after all. I think because she thinks that she stopped the problem. I don't think she's 100% confident. She's sort of like hoping there's not a story, but that's sort of her way of saying it out loud to the people who don't know what just happened. So they all kind of go their separate ways. Billy's still pumped about the eclipse. Jessica's not going to like leave because I don't think she's 100% confident. And Jeff's just an idiot, so he's just going along with things. Right. They all go back to their bedrooms. Jeff ends up going to his bedroom, but he's greeted by a pair of cultists wielding their mind control gas. So he ends up mind controlled again. We presume they kidnap him. Okay. Later that evening, you referenced this already. Jessica receives a telepathic message in her sleep from Dormammu who says that he's kidnapped Jeff. Okay. Shows her where he's going to be. Okay. She wakes up and is like, that's weird. Was that like a dream or a vision or what? So she checks on Jeff, finds him missing. And she's like, okay, not a dream. I got to go find Jeff and figure out what the fuck is up with Dormammu and his weird fucking realm. So she sets off like right away. She ends up going there. She approaches what she thinks is the place that she saw. For some reason, this is a totally unnecessary detour. Both of the next two things are totally unnecessary detours. She's pulled towards the island for some reason. I guess she can't glide anymore. She (laughs) runs on foot and she's greeted by like these two massive stone giants. She tries to web them up. It doesn't work because they're massive stone giants. She attempts to hide on like a nearby mountain face thing, but it ends up being another giant and it grabs her. It doesn't matter though, because I mean, this is jumping a scene, but like, they don't do anything with her. Like she just escapes and then they leave. (laughs) What were they for? It doesn't slow her down. It doesn't, it doesn't provide anything. I wouldn't. So like, I wouldn't be mad if the whole episode was just sort of like a series of this weird shit happening in the dark dimension, potentially. But it's not. I think, yeah. (laughs) Just shoving this into the weird thing with the weird rocket eclipse plot is what makes it weird. Like if it was all, if it was just like cultists, Kidnap Jeff for whatever reason, human sacrifice or something like that. I don't know. Um, to release Dormammu. Spider-Man goes after him. And then there's a bunch of wacky stuff that happens in this strange dark dimension. And then Spider-Woman ultimately has to face off Dormammu. Cool. Great. Fine. Love that. But the, the the weird mixture of like shoving in this this rocket plot that doesn't make any sense. And then making this just a bizarre detour that doesn't matter in the scope of what's otherwise a straightforward story that just doesn't make any sense, like, that makes it very frustrating. But here's what's weird. They don't even – I don't even think they know what the Dark Dimension is. 
because I was trying to track it and I'm not even sure I'm confident because she ends up escaping these giants, which by the way, she does by using her ultra high frequency spider shriek. Oh, of course. Of course. (laughs) Since we are tracking all of her powers Mm -hmm. and ends up being sort of like transported into what I thought was like a pocket dimension by this weird golden ring that chases her that takes her right next to Jeff. I have to say that one of my favorite lines that we've heard so far is that strange golden ring is after me. Yeah. I, that, I mean, honestly, that sums up the episode. It's nonsense. But what's weird is like that happens and it catches her and it takes her to this dimension, which I mean, I'll mention how it happens in just a second, but like they get out of, and then I think they literally say like, Oh wow. We've been freed of the dark dimension. Were you not in it? I don't, Where's the dark dimension? Where does it begin and end? I don't understand. Are the giants part of the dark dimension or not? (laughs) I assumed that they were, but I don't know. I thought so too. So, okay, this ring catches her, right? It takes her right to where Jeff is. Apparently Jeff is in this big web. And also in this big web is this big giant glass spider. Sure, you know. Of course. (laughs) Hey, at least they're like explicitly in a weird fucking dimension at this point. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, this glass spider is going to eat us or something. So Spider-Woman's like, well, I don't want that to happen. So she manages to free her arms from the web, and she uses her venom blast on the glass spider. It doesn't harm the glass spider, but what it does do is it provokes it to blast back at her. So she's like, wait a second. I think I've got a plan here. I can probably use this thing against itself. And so she fires at the spider again to make it fire back at her. And this time when it fires at her... She, like, rolls her and Jeff out of the way so that it hits the web and frees them. And when they fall, they fall out of the dark dimension, back into the bog. (laughs) I don't know. Weird giant detour, weird glass spider detour, weird detours all around. All so that they could fill time that was spent in the first half of the episode explaining how they got to the island in the first place. It almost seems like there just wasn't really much of an episode here. Right, because they explain how they get there. Dormammu carries out a plan. He fails. They can't explain how they get there again. So before Dormammu does his plan again, they have to fill time with weird giants and glass spiders. Yeah, it's like instead of like saying like, hmm, we only have a 10 minute script right now. Maybe we should like (laughs) either throw this out or better flesh out or save, save it for later. They're instead are just like, let's just add bullshit to it then we've got an episode giants <laughs> glass spider none of which i'm even like opposed to on its own like yeah you could do cool shit with those things you're just not i like your idea actually the sort of like quest through the dark dimension yeah that makes perfect sense to me it's just weird that they didn't do that yeah who cares about the fucking rockets i don't care who cares they don't even yeah, like it's old hat It's not even like Spider-Woman like rides on the rocket and does something cool with it. It's just like, it just happens to take place at a rocket launching pad, but none of the cool stuff about a rocket launching pad is featured because you don't even see rockets do anything. So like, what are you doing? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So they fall out of this realm of darkness thing, maybe. And they're back on like the bog that we've seen over and over. This is where we end up getting a bit more into familiar territory. This is where it does actually sort of start to repeat. So Jessica's spider sense shows her a vision of Dormammu back at the launch center. This does make sense because he thinks 
that he has preoccupied Spider-Woman. So he's just like, great, got rid of her. I'm going to do the same thing over again. Mm-hmm. Making sense does not make entertainment, though, all the time. So not here for it. Anyway, so she <laughs> sees this vision. <laughs> she immediately sets off to stop him. So we go back to the launch center. Billy wonders where Jessica and Jeff are because they were supposed to meet at 11 o'clock and it's 1130. He leaves the control room to search for them and ends up finding a number of cultists. Once again, releasing mind control gas once again into the area. And once again, under Dormammu's control, the launch crew begins to direct the rocket towards the moon. So you can see where this is going. <sighs> Unfortunately. I mean, I've already seen where it's going. It's already gone there. It's before. already happened. I will say <laughs> I am surprised at the very next beat here because unlike the first time it happened, the rocket does hit the moon <laughs> and it does stop the moon in its orbit which I wasn't expecting to happen. Well, you shouldn't because that doesn't make any sense. But it is cool <laughs> that what they said would happen, happened. Yeah, I mean, you. The, yeah, the one really big surprise is that Dormammu's declared plan actually works, at yeah. least the first stage of it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'll give you that. You did surprise me there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> he's victorious, so he's celebrating his victory. And a Spider-Woman finds him in his giant corporeal form outside the launch center, which looks just so goofy. It's so goofy. It's I, like. <laughs> I would like it if the rest of this episode wasn't so bad. Yeah. But it's because like. It, because it's goofy, not because it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's it's funny because it's like his head is still the mask that's on fire. But then the rest <laughs> of his body is just like a typical. <laughs> Like superhero <laughs> leotard, like it's just like green skit. It's just green tights with a pentagram for instead of a super symbol, and he even I has just like, like the pentagram. Let's be real. I do like the pentagram, but he's even has like the outside underwear on. Like it's so ridiculous. Like <laughs> why did you make him like a super, like a basic super villain? I don't know. I mean, I guess like there's versions of Dormammu in the comics where like it's it's sort of reminiscent of that. Like the head I'm doesn't sure. look like him, but I know like he does have sometimes he'll have like a weird silly suit like that too. It's like part of the course of superhero stuff, but it's just like yet another mark on this episode where it's just like <laughs> he shows up and he looks goofy as fuck, man. Like come on, at least give him some spikes. I don't know yeah i mean what it is is just another instance of them like undercutting their own stakes that they never fully established in the first place like they never even allowed their own declared stakes to matter yeah that's so true that's so true. <laughs> like you made the stakes live up to them <laughs> yeah you set them <laughs> right <laughs> anyway you know he he's there he's big and giant he's shooting Dormammu rays at Spider-Woman. It instantly weakens her. So she is like, I am no match for his awesome power. And then Dormammu responds that she's finally seen the light, which is like a clue for Spider-Woman because she realizes that Dormammu's weakness must be light. Sure, fine, whatever. The best line I've ever heard in my life is the line that she says, which is, if I can just move the moon away from the sun, Dormammu's finished. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, for, for maybe like 25 <laughs> seconds, I was kind of here with the episode because Dormammu does manage to stop the moon. I was not expecting him to succeed in that regard. He blasts Spider-Woman and they acknowledge like, oh shit, he's so powerful. I don't know what the fuck to do. And I was like, finally, the stakes have arrived. And then she talks about moving the moon. <laughs> I'm like, of course you're going to move the moon. Why wouldn't you move the moon? Everyone's moving the moon. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Such a normal solution. <laughs> and honestly, like, you know, if it wasn't so for so much nonsensical stuff ahead of this, I could take some weird, ridiculous ass solution where she finds some strange way to, you know, move the moon or something like that. But like what makes it even worse is that like the way this is all paced out is just awful because she's like inspired. She taunts Dormammu. I don't even remember what she said, which is some dumb like you can never get me or whatever. And yeah. then just like slowly walks away while Dormammu's standing there. And then it like cuts to her suddenly on top of of a of like a rocket tower <laughs> structure Dormammu pa- I guess patiently waited for her in her weakened state to climb all the way up this tower to the satellite dish and then responded like oh that was mean of you I'm going to attack you but she's by a satellite dish now so his attack like like hits the satellite dish and because it's aimed at the moon it like reflects back and hits the moon and knocks it in, in into orbit and now I mean, the eclipse is done. I mean, everybody okay. knows that the way you counter rocket damage is with Dormammu rays. <laughs> everybody knows that. All that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about it. It's just it's just too much. It's like yeah. it's nonsense on top of nonsense on top of nonsense. Yeah. And here's the thing: this show is the type of show where the parts are always sort of ridiculous and like surreal or supernatural in ways you don't expect so i'm always going to enjoy myself watching it but this is a bad episode this is a bad episode of television (laughs) and it just never really lets up yeah (laughs) yep (sighs) well hey the eclipse is over she moved the moon good job spider woman was not Uh, expecting that to be the solution when she said she was going to move the moon i was like I don't know how she's going to accomplish this, but I can't wait to find out. How could you guess? I was not satisfied. I will say I was not satisfied. (laughs) Well, hmm, I wonder why. Yeah, so moon moved, sunlight's restored to the island. Dormammu's like, oh no, and he just disappears. Cool. Okay, everyone's released from their mind-controlled state. He's not very hard to defeat, is he? (laughs) But yeah, and at the launch center, at the launch center, again, no one knows what happened. But they're all sad because they missed the eclipse. Aw, and uh, Jeff and Billy once again find Jessica pretending to be passed out. <laughs> so, Literally, like... <laughs> the same shit happens twice over, yeah. uh, well, not over and over, but so many things just happen yeah. twice. Like... Yeah, the exact same thing. It's so funny. They didn't forget finding her. <laughs> no. And Jeff brags about how he and Spider-Woman saved the world. Oh, my God. You suck. You just suck in new ways every every minute, buddy. <laughs> At least, at least the episode ends by making Jeff look like the fool that he is. Uh, I mean, that's very true. Yeah, very true. At least we get that. Because the episode ends with Dormammu appearing a third time in the launch center, at which point I very severely rolled my eyes. But this time it's to shout at Jeff that no one mocks Dormammu. And Jeff, sucking as much as he does pitifully apologizes to Dormammu, admits that he was kidding, meaning he did not save the world with Spider-Woman, and it's revealed that the vision of Dormammu is actually just a news clip airing on a nearby television, so everybody laughs at Jeff and basically says, you're not a fucking hero, you suck. Good. So it's a happy ending. That's true. It's the best, <laughs> best possible ending for this episode, I think. This is a bad episode of TV. It really is. <laughs> it's it's uh, really bad. It is. It is. 
It's, uh, <sighs> it's, it's, it's frustrating when we have a pretty clear understanding of expectations for, you know, for what we, what we want from these types of shows and what we figure we're going to get. Like we have a low bar. I, I wouldn't want to call it a low bar because it, it's obviously like effort is always no. put into these shows. We but, like, judge we know... shows based on what we think they are trying to accomplish. Right. And this show is not trying to be the best written show ever. It's it's often trying to be ridiculous and kind of surreal and weird and stuff. And that's fine. And that makes it fun. And that's what we like. And that's what we're expecting. So it's frustrating when it's sort of like we're willing to kind of grade it on that curve and, and look at it with that bar in mind. And it still doesn't meet it at all. Like. <laughs> It's just like we had like we would we didn't need to be a masterpiece. And yet you still failed so spectacularly kind of masterful how badly that this went for you. I don't really understand how that happened, but okay. Yeah, we rolled up to this series like expecting nonsense and like being ready to be fully entertained by it. This is not that I, you know, I want to know so much about this episode because I want to know, like, when was it written like, how much time did they spend on it? Was this, like, the type of thing where they were like, eh, we need another episode, and, like, we just have this sort of idea, kind of like you were saying, like, eh, we got this, like, idea that might cover, like, ten minutes, and so then someone was tasked with just, like, filling in the rest? Like, I yeah. what? how did this episode come to be? <laughs> yeah. Just, like, it's so, so incredibly bad that I just, I, I'm kind of fascinated by it, <laughs> where I'm just like, like how did how were you born in such a completely nonsensical way yeah <laughs> especially uh, with dormammu like you, you have like the ruler of darkness who like theoretically could shroud the entire planet in darkness and rule over everything yeah the fact that an episode that opens with a bunch of cultists lighting a pentagram ah! on fire around a giant skull, like creating like a, a you know, a, a mask made of fire, like, or, okay. or a mask surrounded by fire. Like the fact that you started with that and this is what you ended up with is really disappointing. Do you think, do you think that maybe it was written to be darker and weirder and they said like, no, you can't, that's, that's too hmm. much. That's I can see too that. much. You got to lighten this up. I aren't a lot of the Spider Woman comics, or at least like the early ones, a lot more like a lot have a lot more dark stuff and like a lot more occult type stuff in it. I feel like at least I've read that about them, or at least at some point they are. So maybe yeah, maybe that's the case where it was just sort of like they were going for a very occult heavy episode, and it's just like, I mean, you show a pentagram like two times already. I think that's enough. We need to scale it back. <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, maybe like I, ugh, it's it's a bummer. It's a bummer if that's the case. But I could understand how you would end up with, like, a total nonsense episode if you wrote it a particular way and they said, like, no, you got to redo this. And so you're like, well, fuck. Okay, fine. Whatever. I could kind of see where that might end up happening, but I just feel like you got to be better than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you got to sit there and say, like, okay, well, how do we make it work as opposed to, like, well, fuck it. And that's not to say they did that. We have no idea how this episode came to be. But in that hypothetical situation, like... I could kind of understand it doesn't make it better, but I could kind of see where if somebody had like a cool concept and it was shot down, they were just sort of like, well, fuck now we got to figure something out. I just don't think they figured it out. Um, well, no, no, that's not, that's not even a question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Is this the worst episode of television we've watched so far? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. And I say that meaning like that's, that's harsher than you and I typically are. But worst in the sense that, like, it makes no sense, it wasn't especially enjoyable to watch, and we have so little to say. 
I think in a vacuum, yes. But I do, I mean, not in a vacuum. I think that, like, if you're just taking them, like, on those on those grounds, then yeah. I do think that, like, there are episodes of probably, probably the 90s series where if you're on the curve of what that show is capable of, and then you're like, that was a bad episode uh, of this show. Okay, that's very fair. I think that the proportionally, like, I think that maybe the first Tablet of Time episode was pretty bad. Um, mm, good point. Yeah. Like, and, and again, if you compare that episode to this episode directly, no, this episode is way, way worse. But given what these two shows are capable of, like, proportionally, I yeah. liked that episode way less. And I think that episode had a lot more problems. And maybe another, I mean, the, the 90s show is so hit or miss, like, I, I, as much as I love sure. it, like. It's a very hit or miss type of series when you're looking back on it. So, like, there might even be another one that I could probably take that's just, like, it's just not a good episode. Yeah. So I think that on those grounds, it's a little different. But on the basis of terms, if you're not grading them on any curve for any particular series, then, yeah, I think without a doubt, this is the worst sure. episode we've ever seen. <laughs> well, we're not going to end on that note because I feel like that's not us, right? Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. We typically try to, we try to see what went well. So to recap, I think, what went well and add anything if I'm missing it. The fact that this episode has a realistic depiction of workplace sexual harassment, I really appreciate and admire them for doing that and making it clear that Jeff is creepy as fuck. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that they continue to travel the world, and it seems like they made a conscious effort to have a diverse crew for a launch site (laughs) with the most featured sort of crew member and, like you said, presumably in charge crew member be a black man uh, in mm-hmm. 1979 which is cool i do like some of the art and animation they do in this episode quite yeah. a bit especially when it comes to the occult stuff which makes me hope that the reason this this episode exists the way that it does is because they said like you gotta scale back on the occult because that to me is the coolest stuff like the paint effects they use the pentagram mm-hmm. stuff they use when they're in the bog with the cultists that shit is cool and honestly, Spider-Woman never doesn't hit. Well, okay, I can't say that. We've watched like two episodes. But Jessica <laughs> Drew is dope. And she does not, she doesn't suck in this episode like everything around her. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I do, <laughs> I do, I will say, I'm not going to consider this, I don't want to consider this like a face of the episode because it's a weird situation and circumstances. But I do still want to, I'm probably still going to post the image of Jessica's reaction yes. to the aforementioned workplace harassment. I think that's really important. And I had the exact same thought process where I was like, I don't think we should celebrate this as a face of the episode, but I think we should celebrate it for exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Cause like we described that situation happening, but you could argue like, Oh, you're just reading too much into it. No. Your feminism and stuff. It's yeah. But no, she is drawn to be in distress and recoiling from his advances. And yeah. uh, I have a screen cap of that moment that I'll definitely post because it's oh, like, cool. That was intentional. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, that's the best part of the episode, not because it's enjoyable, but because it's 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 real. It's honest. It communicates something important. And I wouldn't have expected that from the show. I'm glad that it's there. And uh, I wish it were in an episode that wasn't such um, a boring, repetitive episode otherwise. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I don't know. Watch the first four minutes of this episode and move on, I guess. Yeah. Did we say the actual face of the episode that you posted? No, not yet. Um, but it's not really a surprise. The it, it seems appropriate to include a shot of Dormammu as a face of the episode because he is literally just a face. <laughs> yeah. 
that's all he is for the most part. Although he does have a body at one point. But we did talk about how cool the the obvious paint brush stroke fire around him is. And it, it is really striking because it is so different than everything else on the screen. We encountered similar tactics, but not media, I think. And I mean that like art media, art medium in Amazing Friends when it came to like Swarm, I think, where it was like obvious yeah. they were using a different type of art tool. That's yes. This is kind of like that, where it's really obvious what they're doing, but it looks fucking cool because it's so kind of artistic in the way they do it. So makes sense to include Dormammu. This is, I think, the one frame where he's smiling. <laughs> and you get a really good look at those those sort of blendy paint flames. So yeah. Makes good. sense. Otherwise there's really I mean, there's nothing there's not really much notable. I mean, people have people have like weird mind control faces. Their eyes kind of look like spider folk eyes, I guess, but Oh yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. This episode's not good. It's rare we say that, like, wholesale, but it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, well. You know what is good, though? Hey, what's that? Our Patreon. Oh, nice. <laughs> you can log on to patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers, join us at any level, and get lots and lots and lots and lots of goodies. In addition to those aforementioned ones at the beginning of this episode that are going to be unlocked for free, we've got way, way more on there and more always incoming. So check us out there where we gush about lots of cool stuff. In the meantime, if you'd like to find us individually, where can we find you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon just as we feel like it. If you are a reader or a gamer or a pop culture dabbler, you can find me on another podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friends Vicky and Katie and I share with each other everything we've been reading, playing, and can't get out of our heads. Derek, where can we find you and the things you are creating? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media from a positive lens. If you'd like to listen to more from both of us, we have another podcast, a monthly podcast, in fact, called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we watch every Pixar movie chronologically. It's fun. And we have an episode coming up very soon on December 13th, which is this weekend, if you're listening to this episode uh, when it drops. Our episode on Monsters, Inc. will be out, and I'm very excited about that one. That's available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. You can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod. Or you can email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Send us all your Spider-Woman thoughts. Send us all your thoughts about Jeff, maybe? Oh, my gosh. If you can find some way to redeem this episode, please send it to our Gmail. I would love, love to hear what you pulled out of this. Please. Please. <laughs> yeah. And you can also rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Obviously, you can listen to us on any podcast platform, but Apple is the uh, the prevailing place to find reviews, unfortunately. So makes it easier for people to find us. So if you can leave us a uh, review and a rating on there, that would be very helpful for us. Next week, join us as we continue to travel the world with Spider-Woman in the Amazon Adventure. See ya. See ya.
I could kind of see. I didn't say your name. Oh, was that Siri? Yeah. Weird. 